Today's uh, two stories of resurrection are interesting stories that highlight a few things for us, and I think they are very relevant topics and issues for us to talk about today. Uh, they, they highlight the, the concepts of word, of life, and of supper, of word, life, and supper. We have the story of the young boy Eutychus who, who falls out the window, which, if anything, is always an entertaining Sunday school story. And then the, uh, the story of Jesus being met and, and in uh, their eyes being opened by the breaking of the bread. We see here that in, uh, in our faith and in our lives, there is an important thing that oftentimes for us gets overlooked, and that is the fact of the word. Uh, earlier in our Bible study today, we were talking about the struggles we have in our devotion and in our ways and our ability to continue on in reading of the scripture. Uh, in the fall, uh, Marcus and I had went to a pastor's conference and they were describing how our culture has changed into a visual culture. And what does that mean for us as people who are people of the book? We read, we study. The Word of God comes to us in written form as well as in spoken form. And so if you're not reading the Word, you're having to sit here and listen to us talk about it. And that's a challenge. Trust us. I mean, we know what we sound like. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to have the attention. And, and some people have tried to answer it in ways where they move from teaching about just the gospel only, but to teaching about uh, right ways to do your living. Because we think it's easier to listen to that instead of listening to the gospel. We've done what we can to change our ways to, to better reach new generations which is nothing too wrong with that as long as you don't lose focus of what it is you're supposed to hang on to. But as people of the Word, as people who, who understand and know the importance of the Word, we have to look at the early church. We have to see the way that they were taught as well. If you're paying attention to this story that comes out of Acts where Paul is speaking in this hot upper room where the, the, the lamps are burning well into midnight and, and producing the heat as it goes, and, and most likely there were a lot of people crammed into there, Paul just keeps on preaching into midnight. Some of you struggle staying awake at 10.30 in the morning. But preaching on into midnight and trying to stay awake has got to be a struggle. And this poor, poor boy, Eutychus, falls out the window as he falls asleep. I remember when I first uh, was ordained and starting ministry, a friend of mine had uh, private messaged me and sent me a video of a, a Lyle Lovett song. And I think the name of the song is called Church, and it's a story of a pastor or a preacher on Sunday morning, and he keeps on preaching, and every time they think he's coming up to the end, he says, and one more point I have to make about this. And, and so eventually the person in the song uh, asks for the Lord to forgive him, but he stands up and he says, let praises be to God, the word has been spoken, but let's go eat. <laughs> We probably have felt a little bit more like that, and, and we've all made fun of Marcus for his preaching about this. <laughs> but none of us have gone to the point where we fall asleep and, and fall out the window, but Eutychus was crammed into that room and was listening to the Word. And we know from Scripture the fact that Paul, as he was preaching, he often would preach for hours on end. Uh, even while he was in Ephesus, he was preaching six days a week for at least three hours a day. 
And the people would actually go and they would hear and they would listen. Why would people want to go and hear and listen for that long? What is it that comes out of the word of God? What is it that Paul honestly could be saying until midnight? This goes back to a point that I made a couple weeks ago as we were listening to it, that the gospel is a message. That it is good news. This good news is something that is completely different from anything else we will hear, from any sort of speaker, from any sort of video, from anything else that we can absorb in the industry of entertainment or in, on the internet. That this is a message that actually does something, that as it is spoken, Sins are forgiven. Slaves are set free. The downtrodden and those who have been ruined in life have hope and reason to stand up. That as the words of God are spoken to the person, the heart comes to life. Because they are words that are eternal. They are words that are attached to God. They are words that are spoken in the Spirit. And as it goes out, it never returns void. The Word of God is an important part of our lives. We think of even the story of Jesus as He's walking there in Luke, and, and afterwards the disciples say, Did not our heart burn within us while He was teaching? Because the Word of God sets the soul, sets the heart, sets the mind on fire. Bringing to life not just those dark places of our life, but giving meaning and understanding to everything we are and everything we do. So as Paul speaks and as he teaches, he engages for hours on end, and up until midnight, this poor boy falls out of the window. And once again, we see how even the apostles have the ability to raise the dead. You know, it's one thing for Christians, for us to actually believe that God himself has come to this place, that he came in the person of Jesus. It's one thing to believe that our God died on the cross for us and has set us free from our guilt and our sins. It's a completely different thing to think about because he has come, that others have the ability to raise the dead as well. But we see it in Acts where this actually happened where the apostles are able to raise the dead. And as they raise the dead, the response is one of joy, of excitement, of understanding that, oh my goodness, not only is our God powerful and able to raise the dead, but this faith that He has given us is powerful and can raise the dead. That it is not something that is just myself. That these, this faith of ours is not just attached to us, but rather our faith is attached to the Lord, and our Lord raises the dead. That we are connected to the mighty and the powerful one, the one who breathes life into us, who has the ability that when he speaks and his word is spoken, the dead come to life. Eutychus rose from the dead. by the word of God being spoken to him, by his name and faith being spoken. And the boy gets up, and he's received into his family. They walk back into the house. 
the resurrected Lord, walks and He talks with His disciples. That as new and as resurrected and brought back to us, His teaching, His words, burn on the inside of those who call on Him. Burn on the inside of those who have been brought to new life. What's interesting is the reaction that the family and the people that are gathered there with Eutychus and Acts have to this resurrection. That as he is brought back in, Paul Paul doesn't just leave right away, but rather he, he actually stays with them to teach a bit longer because midnight's just not late enough. And so as he, as he continues to teach with them, they begin in their worship of singing, hearing the word, and breaking the bread. They found reason to break bread with one another at this miraculous thing that has happened. And for me, it actually makes complete sense that this is what they needed to do. For us, we talk about the resurrection of the dead. We understand the resurrection of the Lord. But to have seen actually someone who is dead be brought back to life has to be an extraordinary thing. Rather, it's not just a joyous thing, but probably a very scary thing as well. If there's any type of movie that scares me, it's certainly zombie movies. And now certainly Eutychus was not a zombie as he rose from the dead. But literally seeing that which has died come back to life and to breathe, animated and to talk and to exchange with each other and share in that joy has to be a fear-producing, awe-producing moment. Whenever we see the power of God act in our lives, whenever we see the miracles happen, whenever we ourselves have actually truly experienced the forgiveness of sins that has come to us, sometimes it can be a fearful and an awe-inspiring thing. And that needs to be taken care of. That needs to be spoken about. That needs to be nurtured. That needs to be cared for. And in the breaking of the bread, those believers did just that. As Jesus was with His disciples there, it was in the breaking of bread where their eyes were opened. It was as if, maybe just like Paul, where scales fell from His eyes. That in the breaking of bread, they remember exactly who this man is and who this man claims to be and the power that this man has done. In the breaking of bread, they actually remember that this is the man who said, I am the resurrection and the life. In the breaking of the bread, they remember this is the man who stood outside the tomb of his friend Lazarus and called him back to life. They remember that this is the man who said that he was the one who had come to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days, a feat that nobody could understand. But in the resurrection, suddenly everything came together. That in the breaking of the bread, they remember hearing these words, This is my whole person given for you for the forgiveness of sins. In the breaking of bread, they remember Jesus. They see Jesus. They taste and they see Jesus. Where ever since the day that that was instituted, the church has found every reason to gather together 
and to see and to taste the exact same thing. That in the midst of our mourning, in the midst of our joy, when we have seen the dead laid to rest, we come and we have communion in hope that we know that that person will rise again. When once again we have fallen into that same problem that we keep going into, that same temptation or that same addiction that pulls us away from the Lord, we come back to this place with our brothers and sisters and we have supper. Remembering the words that our Lord has spoken. In the breaking of bread, our eyes have been opened. In our church body, we understand the full depths of what this supper may mean, so much so that we, we take time and, and we take energy to go with people armed with the supper out to those who cannot come to the altar. Because no matter who you are, that as long as you are, are someone who, who loves and believes in Jesus, that this supper needs to be taken to build up, to reassure, to remind us. Remind us of not just one who has died for us, but of one who's risen for us. Faith is not something to be on our own. Word is not something to be just heard on our own. Life is not something to be lived on our own. This supper is not something to be taken on our own. But rather, when we are together and in the breaking of bread and in hearing His Word and in living together as a family, we see Christ, our resurrected Lord, with us. We see the one who said to us, I am the resurrection and the life. So saints of God, saints who have been given this new life, saints who hear the word coming to you, that you are ones who are forgiven and have been remade in your Savior. Come, taste. In this breaking of bread, let your eyes be open to what your God has done for you what your Lord will continue to do for you. Come, taste and see. Have this bread, have this wine. Hear this word that one day you will rise from the dead as well. That you are someone who has eternal life. Amen?